Hello and welcome to the newest edition of Pro Pharma Talks. Today we are going to be talking about the coronavirus, but before we get into that, I'd like to remind you to hit review and subscribe. Hello and welcome to the newest edition of Pro Pharma Talks. My name is Alex Hernandez. Alongside me as always is Dr. Craig Stern. And our topic for today is the topic for everyone right now is the coronavirus. And um, uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there on the news. So we just want to try to bring it all together, just give you just the facts. We're not going to, there's no opinions on this. It's strictly educational, right? Yes. That's right. Yeah. So one of the first things I asked him, at Dr. Stern here, uh, one of the first things I asked was, what is 2019-NCOV? Right. And that's one of the things we see a lot with the coronavirus, especially when you're looking at scientific documents and journals and stuff like that. 2019-NCOV, what does that mean? That's the name of the infection. That's what it's been called. Okay. So if you see it, you don't have to try and pull it apart or deal with it. That's just the name of the infection. Okay, I don't have to look in the BC or anything no, like that. No, you don't have to It's just 2019-NCOV. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's clever. It's very yeah. clever. Thank you. <laughs> let, me, let me add something here. Right. We are very concerned. We, as Pro Pharma and everyone else, is very concerned about the amount of play that this virus has had, mm -hmm. about some of the hysteria in the, um, in the public media, about some of the issue that there is some fake news, as it turns out, where people have copied the, the logos of the CDC and, um, uh, and the World Health Organization and then put their own information on that there's oh, a case wow. that showed up in a given area. It's a bunch of nonsense. Um, and so we want to address this formally. Clearly, it's a matter of concern. There's no question about that. Right. But also to try and <clears throat> remove some of the hysteria about what goes on, but more importantly, to put this down to the fact that if you want information, it isn't our job to come up with the latest numbers or to come up with new information. That's a job for the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, the World Health Organization. Um, and so if you need information, you go directly to their web pages, mm -hmm. not some sort of a of a statement that someone sends you or you get or otherwise. Or a news go article. Or a news article. Go directly to the CDC webpage. Go directly to the World Health Organization webpages. These are verifiable and they have the most com uh, current information about what's going on. Right. And I, I, I want to say that it, it's very sad that in our society that it, it they have to pro they have to kind of broadcast this coronavirus as a nationwide epidemic when really it's 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 been controlled they talked about it where anybody entering this country from china or from wuhan china they've been quarantined and they have to stay quarantined and secluded and 14 days i believe was the was the max hold am i right about that yes yeah yes. so it and it's pretty much controlled, right? You don't well, I don't want to overdo it because right. we're still finding out that there, I think right now there's about 28 countries, but it doesn't matter how many people have identified particular uh, people who have the virus, mm. certainly people who, uh, were, who were visiting Wuhan or from Wuhan or were in contact with people from Wuhan, but right. it certainly is an issue. The main thing for us 
and the most important thing is that um, this is a viral problem, but a lot of the people who are reading about this and are getting uh, worried are people who haven't had any experience with it. So some of the younger people mm -hmm. who didn't have any experience with polio, mumps, measles, um, uh, you know, uh, some of the other uh, things like uh, airborne viruses, um, SARS, MERS, and all these other things, this is new for them, and right. so they're concerned. Things not to be eradicated, right? Right, yeah. and, and things you have to deal with. And it's complicated by uh, issues with regard to influenza uh, because a lot of the coronavirus symptoms look just like the flu. Uh, and then the whole argument about whether people are getting vaccinations, etc. So it's leading to a lot of discussion, worry, uh, angst over what's going on when in fact a lot of this is just trying to give information but perhaps people are worried I'm going to die and we'll talk about the kind of people and the kind of problems that occur in a, in a couple of minutes. Right well so first and foremost what exactly is the coronavirus? Break yeah. it down and, and in layman terms I, I understand you're a doctor, you're a professor, you got all this scientific knowledge not all of us are blessed with that knowledge, so please, just dumb it down for us a little bit. You got bit. the impact, right? <laughs> um, the coronavirus is a group of viruses that cause respiratory illness. It's mm. called coronavirus because it's a little virus and it's got a bunch of spiky things over it. Mm. And so they have called it um, a uh, that it's like a crown because it's got all these spiky things on it. Oh, okay. uh, a crown, not related to the alcohol. But. Not related to alcohol. <laughs> but it, it, it's got these spiky things, and as a result of that, using the Latin term or corona, mm -hmm. it's called the coronavirus. We have already seen other coronaviruses that cause respiratory symptoms. Um, some are SARS, some are MERS and the rest. Um, mm. Some have had, they have caused respiratory illness, meaning you get a cough, you get um, a, um, uh, a fever perhaps, you get an infection that looks like the flu. So just as a warning, um, uh, the flu is a much bigger problem today than is coronavirus, even though it doesn't seem to get as much play. Right. The flu is definitely something that can be confused with the coronavirus. So one of the things that's absolutely necessary, and we've talked about this before, right. is get vaccinated for the flu, because if you remove the flu from it and someone gets the, the coronavirus, then you have a better chance of understanding the difference between the flu and the coronavirus infection that is mostly a respiratory. You said the coronavirus is a group of viruses? It's a group of viruses. Wow. In general, they are mild. They mm -hmm. do not cause a, a lot of complications. They do have a problem if uh, people get them when they're elderly, mm -hmm. when they're on multiple medications, some people who have ongoing chronic problems like HIV, cancer, um, some of those things Where because it knocks system. out their immune yeah. system, right? right? And it can be in young kids, obviously, who haven't been vaccinated or uh, who uh, are, uh, uh, you know, open to 
infections either because they also have cancer like one of the leukemias or something like that. Those are the people that really are at higher risk. They're not a huge risk. They're a mild risk. But those are the ones that typically have an issue and their problems occur because of the uh, symptoms and the problems rather than the coronavirus comes in and somehow puts a stab in somebody, which doesn't happen. Right. That's not what it's about. So how is it, how is it spread, though? Well, um, the coronaviruses were, were characterized as uh, viruses that came from animal to human. And the uh, SARS and MERS viruses, so the, yeah. the, the animal to human transmission, um, that is why there's some concerns over Wuhan that has, as I understand, about 11 million. I've been to, to China multiple times. I haven't been to Wuhan. And uh, there's about, as I understand, about 11 million people there. And they do have these marketplaces that have live animals. Right. So there is a possibility. They haven't nailed it down yet. So what we're talking about right now is purely an estimate based on the fact that coronaviruses typically are what is known as zoonotic or uh, viruses that come from animals to, to, uh, to man. Are there other viruses? You, you mentioned SARS and MERS. Are there right. other ones that are kind of like that where they transfer animal to, to human? Yeah, there's somewhere, uh, the exact number, um, I'm not I'm not sure exactly, but it's somewhere around seven different viruses mm -hmm. in the coronavirus group. And in general, they're all from animal to man. Wow. The question then was, is it human to human? And that, now there's evidence because they're collecting evidence uh, from people around the world where they've identified that someone who has uh, the um, the virus infected someone who didn't. And the way you infect it is by sneezing, by coughing. That gives off droplets. And if someone gets it on their hands, in their face, in their eyes, then it can be a problem, which also underlines the problem. Wash your hands, wash your hands, <laughs> wash your hands. Yes. Um, so that you're uh, not transferring it to yourself and or to other to people. And sneezing to your elbow. I mean, come yeah, that's on, right. people. That's come right. On. It's 2020, um, people. Let's let's get it together. <laughs> um, uh, so that's part of it for what goes on. The other part of it is, um, and it happened in Germany first, and that was, could you have someone who didn't have symptoms, mm. could they transfer the virus to someone so that someone uh, got infected and therefore uh, got an infection later? And the answer is yes. Uh, and the first case of it was Germany. So we do know that you, they all, although the coronaviruses are animal to human, mm. we know that human to human uh, can occur because of um, respiratory droplets. Um, and also that people who are not infected um, or don't have symptoms at the time can transfer it. That's one of the reasons why you see that people are being quarantined for 14 days or more because they're trying to go for a incubation period right. where someone would get sick and that way if they get sick uh, people can jump on it right away and deal with it um that's also one of the reasons why it probably caused uh, nationwide panic because it's pretty much airborne i mean you sneeze and those droplets can can fly everywhere they can yeah. <clears throat> but as was found out in other virus uh, issues, mm -hmm. 
even if someone is on an airplane sitting next to you and they're sick, if you're next to them for 15 hours in a long flight, then yes, there's an increased risk. If you're next to them for a short flight, then the risk is very, very low. And in mm. fact, infection from the coronavirus is very low. And if it occurs, in most cases, we're dealing with a mild respiratory flu-like symptom. And in many cases, you may not be able to tell the difference unless um, somebody's had a flu shot, and then you know that the chances of the flu are much less. And so if they get the same symptoms, that potentially it's more like the coronavirus. Do they know if the, the symptoms, as far as you say, they're very flu-like? Right. Does it get worse and then it indicate that it's a it could be something more than the flu? Well, here's the deal. Um, the the virus, and we're not talking about new information. We're not trying to, to deal with where we have an expertise outside of what we do in drug therapy. Mm-hmm. What we know is, is that for people who are dehydrated, people who have uh, poor immune systems because of diseases, um, severe diseases like HIV, like cancer, mm-hmm. um, issues with regard to very severe uh, arthritic problems and things like that, they are much more susceptible. And in general, in a very broad sense, they're elderly people and they're people who have multiple diseases at one time. They're not just one. It may be in small children if they haven't been vaccinated for the flu or they're around people uh, with it, etc. But the problem that those people have is not because of the coronavirus. It's that when you have the flu, you are coughing, you may vomit, you have diarrhea. All of those things add to Um, being more dehydrated. And what happens then is those people can get severely sick. The good news, the good news is that in the United States and in other countries in Europe and around the world, the healthcare is more available. And so they can jump on these problems right away. And they can deal with um, helping you to hydrate, helping you to ensure the fact that you're replacing any problems with, uh, from diarrhea. We have medications to treat diarrhea. We have medications to treat coughing. We have medications to deal with uh, issues with regard to, to influenza. <laughs> you name and it, we course, got it. We got it. And, of course, <laughs> uh, uh, vaccines. So right. it's not uncommon now that if you're in high population areas with a lot of good medical care, mm-hmm. then the problems are small. And you're talking about, in fact, the number of people who have died to be very small in comparison to the number of people that may have the disease. And if you compare that, it is much smaller than the number of people who have the flu in general, much smaller than people in other countries that have malaria in general. So while while there's a lot of talk and certainly terribly important, we yeah. don't want to put this out of perspective because uh, just people who have cold or flu or otherwise dwarfs any of the problems so far that we have. And any people who get really sick are these people that we've talked about who are elderly with multiple conditions and some, some young children. It could be just the coronavirus. The, the name stands out, so it's on everybody's mind and they want to talk about it. 
It is. It is. <laughs> you know? um, and um, it's important that everybody knows about it. Yeah, um, We've talked about this over and over. Education, 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 so people know what's happening. Mm-hmm. We certainly want to make sure that people are not, um, you know, getting the wrong information. But I do, once, once again, if you, because there has been some fake news out there, and fake news doesn't play well in politics, but it can cause enormous concern in healthcare. Um, The CDC has um, its sites. It publishes the thing for professionals to have a diagnostic table and criteria of what to do. I bring these up because it's terribly important. You don't just look at it and says, oh, CDC, therefore it's good information. Uh, In this circumstance, you've got to go direct go directly to the CDC website, mm-hmm. to the World Health Organization website, and they're, they're making a, a, a close um, and we'll, information all the time. We will have uh, M put the links on there uh, as well so that you have access to it and yes. very easily just click, and that's the information there. Because we know it's very easy for someone to just take a logo, slap it on another document, and yeah. then come up with whatever they want. Yes. Right. Yeah. So so let, let's get back to the coronavirus. We want to talk about vaccines. Where does vaccines play a role in this? Yeah, um, and, and now we're, we're definitely in our area um, mm-hmm. in what goes on. And that is, um, as we've indicated, a lot of people that are worried about things and want to know is there a vaccine that can treat it or, or uh, prevent it, uh, the answer is they're trying to build one. It's a new virus. People have only known about it for a relatively short time. It was found, I think, in December of 2019. Right. So we're talking about something that's less than, than three months old. Um, the, a vaccine is this. You, one method is to uh, get the virus and um, uh, to uh, put it in a, in a growth medium and watch it uh, elaborate, watch it get get larger over time, which takes several months, and then inject it into uh, humans and or animals in order to grow the antibodies or these kind of quick messengers that comes into the body and gives this whole shock to the system and says, there's something that's foreign in your body. Now, you and your immune system, go attack it and knock it out. Wow. That's what it does. There are some new um, uh, capabilities that they're trying to do and new mm-hmm. methodologies that are not just growing this. Because you'd like to do something faster than waiting months in order to grow enough uh, of these. Yeah, there's no time but, for to recruit an army to go to war, right? There isn't. And right. in that regard, there are proteins that the, that the virus has. And so there is work going on right now to find the right proteins. The CDC is certainly dealing with it, et cetera. Mm-hmm. To find the right proteins and effectively inject those proteins in the body. And they act as an antigen. So you don't even need the virus. Um, they act as an antigen. They act as the shock to the body. And effectively, the body says, ah, there's something the matter. I've got to mobilize my immune system in order to kill it off. That's well, funny. Like, the analogies you used, like, the first analogy was was to, to wait several months and then have the army come in and, and attack the, the foreign whatever it is. And then, and then the other one was 
no, I'm going to send someone in there. They're going to recruit everybody that's already in there and attack the body. That's, that's right. That's, that's pretty right. cool. So it's like, what, like a militia? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's a, there's more than one methodology. Right. The good news is, is that we've already had SARS and MERS epidemics before. Right. So they were very good at quickly putting together vaccines for them and they're trying to use that same methodology in order to use for the coronavirus. Let us do the pricing pre-search for you. The cost of specialty medications is growing each year. Self-insured employers and health plans require assistance to manage these costs and ensure that claims are paid appropriately. ProPharma evaluates benefit compliance on a daily and as-needed basis, either individually or in batch, utilizing our vast knowledge and expertise of the industry and trends. Client benefits of daily pre-certs are authorization based on strict benefit and FDA criteria for medication usage, authorization based on fair and equitable cost reduction methodologies, avoidance of duplicate payments in medical and pharmacy, identification of patients that will receive the greatest benefit from the proposed therapy. For more, please visit ProPharmaConsultants.com. All right, so you mentioned the different methodologies, but we want to talk about the, the vaccines, and we know we have flu vaccines, but we also have vaccines for others, right? We do, and I think that many people are younger, so they don't know about the fact that vaccines have saved lives in polio, which was a huge problem, issues with regard to measles, mumps, rubella, chickenpox, those kind of mm -hmm. things, which were, were crazy without the vaccines to deal with them. And then a host of other vaccines for some very weird kind of illnesses, some illnesses outside the United States, etc. And I won't go through all of them. But bottom line here is that the main area of prevention is to build a vaccine. Right. And when you do, then the vast majority of the cases is stopped because the vaccine allows you to mobilize your own system in order to prevent it. Not 100%, but for most it is. And in this particular case, we they're trying to build a vaccine based on the methodology that we're talking about, hopefully sooner rather than later because they already have experience with some other coronaviruses mm -hmm. uh, that we've talked about but also because you have the capability to get vaccinated for the flu, and that way we begin to separate out the symptomatology of those that have a coronavirus flu versus those that have just a non-coronavirus or just the typical flu. Right, and I'm not going to bring up anti-vaxxers because I don't want to talk about them, but it, it's incredibly important for these vaccines and we need to get back into getting rid of this stigma for on these vaccines. Well, people mm -hmm. tend to not remember how horrible yeah. some of these diseases were um, and, and what happened to people. So um, at the end of the day, they can read the history of what goes on. Maybe one day we'll talk about it so people understand what, they, um, what the vaccines did. Bottom line though is they're trying to deal with it. But in the interim, before a vaccine, uh, people who have the flu have multiple things that can be done. Certainly, 
They can uh, go and have uh, medications to treat coughs mm-hmm. and diarrhea and, and hydration and all these other issues that goes on in order to try and prevent it. They can go to their doctor and they can give them further medications. Um, the bottom line is we can treat this before we get the vaccine. The vaccine is there to try and stop the spread, um, deal with issues so that people don't get worse mm-hmm. when they get it, and more importantly, that it becomes then a symptom that you're treating so that you feel better because the symptoms are going away right. versus trying to knock out the entire uh, coronavirus itself. Yeah, and um, let's let's write that down for the history of vaccines. It could be interesting. Okay. We'll have our own little PBS audio history of vaccines. I think that'll be cool. You don't think so? <laughs> All right. So moving on. How about prevention? How do we prevent this coronavirus from spreading? Well, some of the things we've already mentioned. The first thing is is that um, they are quarantining or at least doing self-follow-up in people who came from China, and they're trying to follow that. They're also trying to deal with people who come in contact with them and trying to isolate them to some degree. But the bottom line is, whatever you're doing, coughing, sneezing, or otherwise, wash your hands. Wash your hands 10 times a day or more if necessary. Just wash, (laughs) number one. Number two is um, to cover your cough or sneeze with your arm so it goes here, not on your hand when you're, when you're uh, shaking hands with people. And third is, is if you have symptoms, then clearly it's very mild. So you treat it as if it were uh, the flu or a cold. You get a, a, a vaccination for the flu. Those are the immediate things to do and to try and address it. Some people have addressed, well, they've got to have masks and the rest. And uh, the CDC has made it very clear that people do not need masks unless they are very severe, they're in a hospital, or they have some severe problems. Um, And furthermore, if everybody's buying it, they're not available for the people who really need it, who are taking care of the people who have the flu or who have the flu in order to deal with it. Healthcare professionals are dealing with this the same way that they do in any communicable disease. They're isolating it, dealing with it in closed environments so it's not spreading out uh, to everybody, and then dealing medically with what you have to do uh, for people who um, have the symptomatology of what's going on. And another question, if you're wearing the mask and you say you have the flu Mm -hmm. and you cough into the mask and it just goes back into your body, is that how it works? (laughs) No, if you, if you're, uh, (laughs) no. Um, if, if, if There's you no cough, such thing as a dumb question. No, 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 no. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Um, if, if you cough or sneeze, the droplets are absorbed by the mask. Okay. So the mask has them. Clearly, you need to throw the mask away as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Wash your hands and deal with it. Masks are not uh, recommended at present. Please go to the CDC website. See what they're identifying. And masks are not recommended for everyone. We need to make sure the people who really need it can get the masks. And more important, that um, just to have a mask, to have a mask. And I understand from some people that they've come up with designer masks. And There's some really these, cool ones out there. There's though. some cool ones. Good, whatever. Um, 
Um, <laughs> if you've worn a mask for a, a period of time, you understand this is not a pleasurable experience. Um, <laughs> I've had to wear masks over and over in the hospitals. There's nothing pleasurable about it. But, um, but if you get one that looks cool, though. If it looks cool, then you'll look very cool. That's right. Yeah. Um, uh, but bottom line in, in this regard is mm-hmm. to um, do the basic things that everybody knows. And if you do that, these are very, in general, very mild infections that can be dealt with. They create a little uh, flu-like symptom or a, or a cold kind of symptom. And you have it. You have it for no more than seven days. It's gone. It has nothing to do with um, creating more disease, more problems. And especially if you are, uh, are around other people uh, or otherwise in your family or friends, mm-hmm. etc., uh, where you're washing your hands and trying to, um, you know, isolate yourself a bit so that you're not transmitting it to everybody else. Yeah, and the, those are good tips. And we we often express when we're talking about various healthcare topics that prevention is the is the number one. Like you understand prevention, and it's based and it's usually just the simplest things that we're all taught as kids. Usually, yes. when growing up. Mother tells you, wash your hands, go clean yourself, go take a bath, those kind of things. Go exercise, go out and play. And it's usually just the basics in life. And I don't, it's hard to understand society today and how it, how we're getting so sick. <laughs> and it's the basic things we're taught as kids. That well, we but there's so much communication. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it used to be that uh, when, when uh, before, we were friends, so the two of us, I talk to you, you talk to me, or we talk to a small group. Right. Now, with social networking, you can effectively talk to millions of people. And so the word gets out, and everybody starts to talk about it. Everybody's worried about They hear that there's one death or something. Mm-hmm. We need to put this in perspective. It's not that it isn't important. Right. It's not that we don't care. It's not that we're trying to push it to the side. But we need to put this in perspective and not go crazy mm-hmm. over it, understanding that in general it's a very mild disease. It's a very mild type of infection. And you just have to take the appropriate actions. Right. And um, so we've already yelled fire. Everybody's in a panic. And now we just need to bring it back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That, I mean, that it doesn't get much simpler than that. Nope. 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 <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add? No, I think bottom line for everyone is uh, show some perspective, get education, go to the CDC website, to the World Health Organization, WHO website, to get basic information. It's changing every day, um, and they keep on track with all of it. Make sure that you're staying on track, you have the education, but also understand that there's other things out there that are are worse than what's going on. The flu... Um, is certainly a problem. Get a vaccination. Uh, there's certainly uh, other problems that you need to address. Certainly, gun violence and issues with regard to um, to other uh, kind of illness. Mm-hmm. And even if you are uh, elderly and multiply comorbid, um, follow your prescriptions. Follow uh, what you're supposed to do. Get a good diet. Get some exercise. Um, and lose weight and, and don't smoke hands. 
and wash your hands. <laughs> yes, all good tips. Thank you very much, Dr. Stern. And uh, we would like to remind you to go to ProPharmaConsultants.com. We have a free information page called RxInfoX. Um, on there, you'll find various healthcare topics from various healthcare sources, um, newly articles that were just written. They usually pop up there on the feed. And uh, we also have a biweekly newsletter written by Dr. Stern himself called Pharmacy Benefit News. Um, you can find all of that on our website, ProPharmaConsultants.com, and we'll see you next week.